Hey, Griffin. Hey, Henry. So we've got our second here on Generation Elect. It's um, a preview of the 2020 Democratic candidates with the intention of informing people on who to vote for, uh, who who are a bit uncertain. So um, in this episode, last episode, we reviewed five. This more, and those would be Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Julian Castro, Cory Booker, and Kirsten Gillibrand. So these five are all very interesting candidates with a good shot, all with previous government experience. And um, let's get straight to it. So Griffin, Kamala Harris came into this race as one of the favorites, one of the front runners. And um, she's made some noise in this race so far. She's hummed along at a good tempo, going far in the far in the polls. What can you tell us about Kamala Harris? Well, Kamala Harris has a very interesting past. She was district attorney of San Francisco, later California's attorney general. She became the first African-American woman in the U.S. Senate from the state of California. And she's risen up in the Senate ranks throughout the Trump presidency. She was elected in 2016, the same year Trump was elected. And she was notable during the Kavanaugh hearings for her stern and tough questioning of Brett Kavanaugh. She's also um, the only African-American woman in the Senate. And she also represents the largest state in the nation and by far the largest uh, base, voter base for the Democratic Party. Yeah, ever, th- ever since she's got elected in 2016, she has... Um become a huge face in the Democratic Party. The Kavanaugh hearings were definitely a big showcase opportunity for her and other senators to to get on the map. And uh, just a little technical thing. Uh, Griffin, is your sound all the way up? Sorry, I just can't really hear you that well. Oh, oh, it is. It is. It is? Yeah. Are you talking? We'll, we'll cut this out later, hopefully. But um, yeah, let's see how it goes. But anyway, Kamala Harris is um, has been an accomplished senator, although she has only been a senator for three years now but um she's she has an interesting history and the senate was not where she started first i know that she was a prosecutor for california she was a california attorney general as well and um as prosecutor uh republicans have been criticizing her for being really really tough on crime and democrats that's been the main point why democrats some democrats have deviated away from her was that uh she has not she doesn't have a history of being completely against the death penalty, and she was sometimes overzealous on crime. But um, those would be some cons to vote for her, because if you believe that, uh, if you believe against those ideological values, she's trying to roll them back. But uh, that's what her history says. But uh, what are some pros if you're an undecided Democrat? What are some pros to voting for? Her? Well, she definitely has experience now. She's been uh, attorney general of the largest state in the nation, which is a very tough job because you have to deal with the crime rates and um, federal prosecutions, all that jazz in a state with a population of 37 million people. And then she was elected to the United States Senate and she served on the Senate Judiciary Committee, amongst others. She's become a leading voice in anti-Trump politics in the U.S. Senate. So she definitely does have experience. Yeah, and she does. And her Wikipedia pages, I'm looking at it now, it's very long. She's got a huge segment on everything she did as an attorney general. You know, some people have experience, and but don't, but didn't get that much stuff done in their time. Uh, Bernie Sanders 
could fit that description. But Kamala Harris has a very has a very accomplished resume. She's a uh, handled some huge cases. The Mitrice Richardson Richardson case, which was a huge one of African American rights in law enforcement in California, and um, she's been a big figure in California politics and the Democratic Party. So, why can why do you think Kamala Harris has a good shot at winning this election? Well, if you look at polling, she's always in the top five, along with Biden, Bernie, Buttigieg, um, and sometimes Warren. sometimes Beto O'Rourke, yeah. Yeah, Beto's yeah. falling behind a little bit, but she has a very strong voter base in African Americans. She is the leading African American candidate out of herself, Booker, and Wayne Messam. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also carries, um, the, she's from the largest state in the Union and uh, the largest, the state with the most registered Democrats. And there are a lot of registered Democrats. That means the party primary is going to have a very big impact. So, um, you, yeah, if I had to bet money on someone who would win this presidency uh, or the, this primary, I would probably have to bet money on Kamala Harris. I think that she is the most representative of what the Democratic Party is now. Not super progressive, but progressive in a in a normal way. She's a minority, which is uh, the push for the 2020 Democratic nomination. And um, overall... She's a solid candidate who uh, has a name for herself, but will make more of a name, uh, similar to Barack Obama in 2008, who ran against some more established names and uh, got some hype and became, and once the debates came around, became the clear nominee. So I think that she will win this nomination. I'm sure I might be wrong, but um, Kamala Harris is a strong contender for this. But uh, why do you think Kamala Harris won't win this nomination? Is name recognition a problem for her? I don't believe name recognition is really a problem. She's gotten her name out. A lot of people, a lot of American people know about who she is. However, one thing that is relatively unappealing would probably, at least to progressives, is a bit of her record as attorney general, uh, including her past views on the death penalty and marijuana. And um, Yes. Yeah. Also, you first. Yeah, well, she's strongly in favor of legalizing marijuana. That's what I've. That's what I've. Yeah. That's what I've heard. And she's. Uh, she said personally that she has used marijuana before, and that's her. That's one of her main um, campaign platforms. But yeah, go on. Uh, also, her record with criminal justice was also a little bit controversial in the police, uh, especially when she was attorney general and um, San Francisco attorney. And also, many are accusing her of having unoriginal ideas a lot of people think she's stealing a lot of ideas that were proposed by bernie in 2016 like medicare for all example i think she's a she could be a groundbreaking personality but i don't think she has groundbreaking policies in the same way that other candidates like pete Buttigieg or alexandria ocasio cortez who's well, not a candidate but many democrats have introduced new ideas to the table while kamala harris has just built on them and yeah. I mean, I guess that's something that you could uh, cite because she is um, kind of a mixture of a progressive and a moderate. She's trying to bridge that gap and uh, be a happy medium for everybody. And I think that will play to her favor in the end because there are some ultra liberals and some completely moderate liberals and they're going to have to bridge somewhere. So that can be a candidate that they can both be happy with. But um, overall, I, th- I disagree with you. I think that name recognition is a problem for her when going up against... Um, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, and Beto O'Rourke, 
who got a lot of hype last fall, and then Pete Buttigieg, who's getting a lot of hype right now. So I don't think that Harris has that name recognition. Although, if you follow politics, of course you know her, but there's a lot of people who will just be tuning in for the debates, and maybe if they notice her, that'll be big. But um, she doesn't have the established name recognition, recognition as Warren, Biden, Sanders. You could go on and on. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts on uh, Kamala Harris's chances? Well, this isn't really as as much on Harris as it is uh, the debates that are coming up in June. I just found out the rules and procedures regarding the debates. So it's they're splitting the debates over two nights yep. in late June. Now, they're having 10 candidates per night. Now, I'm pretty sure the first night is going to feature some of the front-runner candidates, Biden, Bernie, Harris, O'Rourke. I thought it was random. Yeah. Uh, did, you- did it- I don't know. Maybe I should read more into this. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I should read more into this too. But I'm, it, it might happen. And then the next night they're doing it with ten others. Now, in order to meet the debates, you have to have at least sixty-five thousand donors, mm-hmm. um, including two hundred from at least twenty states, or you could uh, have to have at least one percent in polling consistently. Now, there are over twenty candidates in the race right now with the potential to get as many as 25. So for those who don't meet the fundraising or polling requirements, um, they won't be able to make the debates. And for even some who do make it, they might have to kick out a few. Yeah, there's cats. a cap. In 20, yeah, they have yeah. to have a cap at 20. So, But I'm sure that Kamala yeah. Harris will yeah. be in that debate. And uh, let's see what she does. So she's someone to keep your eye out on, and she's going to be a very interesting player in these primaries. So um, after Kamala Harris is a more experienced name, but uh, a name that just announced on Thursday, let's go to Joe Biden. Griffin, tell us about Joe Biden. Well, Joe Biden is definitely the most experienced Democrat here in the arena. He He was elected to the United States Senate in a huge upset in 1972, Proceeded to serve, um, he was elected to a total of six, actually seven more terms, although he only served very briefly in his seventh. Um, he was he ran for president twice in 1988 and 19, er, 2008, uh, both of which went very badly. However, in 2008, he was picked by Obama to be the vice presidential candidate. He did well in debates against both Sarah Palin in 2008 and Paul Ryan in 2012. He passed on an opportunity to run in pres- for president in 2016, mostly due to the fact that his son passed away the year before. And now uh, it's like he describes 2020 as his last chance to run for president, and he is utilizing that chance, hoping to get into the White House and become the oldest president U.S. history. Yeah. So Joe Biden is a very experienced name. He's a big name. We talk about name recognition with Kamala Harris. Name recognition will absolutely not be a problem with Joe Biden, as everybody knows who he is. People, friends of mine who um, don't follow politics, uh, Joe Biden is their default answer for 2020, because that's the person they know, because he has experience in the White House. And that's why I think that Joe Biden will be in this till the end. And that's why uh, Joe Biden opened CNN's poll today with a 39%, a massive lead on all other candidates. So Joe Biden is a huge contender. And he 
on the spectrum of uh, candidates, he ranks more of a moderate. He's definitely not a progressive. He His uh, message is that after this crazy age of Trump, we need a strong, steady hand to guide us through the next four years and not make any big changes, which with the progressive, liberal, more left-wing uh, rogue rising in the Democratic Party might not be a message that will be accepted by any by everybody. It's not 100% accepted by me. And I think that if Biden needs, if Biden wants to run successfully, he needs to deviate a bit to the left and maybe come out in support of things like Medicare for all or a Green New Deal, because that's where the hype is. That's where the votes will be. So I think that Joe Biden's, will Joe Biden's moderation help him or hurt him? Hmm. I feel like Joe Biden's isn't completely a moderate, but he also isn't completely a progressive. He sort of acts as a bridge in between. Now, there's a 538 article where it showed it divided the Democratic Party into basically six wings. I did see that. I love that article. Yeah, yeah it, it was a great article. Yeah. Biden's wing was sort of bridged the gap between progressives and moderates. I mean, he wasn't a moderate in the sense of someone like Connor Lamb, but he also wasn't a progressive like Bernie or Harris is currently running. Yeah, I'm looking at that article right now, and uh, Biden ranks. Uh, Biden is less progressive than uh, the third wing, which is Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams, Pete Buttigieg. He's a uh, he's in the pro- what they quote as the progressive old guard, uh, shouldering Cuomo and Dianne Feinstein in that ring. Democrats. Establishment Democrats, you know, and they're not necessarily conservative Democrats like Joe Manchin or Abigail Spanberger, but they are, um, they're experienced, they're seasoned, and they're not falling for these left, uh, really uh, spurned left-wing ideals, which have been getting a lot of support. So I think his moderation is going to be something that's going to be brought up. He's more along the lines of Klobuchar in this race. But mm-hmm. um, Joe Biden there's a lot of pros for voting for Joe Biden. And I think the main pro is, uh, this was explained by uh, one of the, one of the social studies teachers in my, in my grade that um, people who uh, would be reluctant to vote for uh, Kamala Harris or uh, let's go more left, like uh, Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg would uh, be completely willing to vote for Joe Biden because they see him as a steady, nice guy. And I think that Joe Biden would have the best chance to be Trump with all that name recognition. So is the main pro for Joe Biden that he has the best chance to be Trump if you're a Democrat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe Biden does the best in polling, not only in the Democratic primaries, of course, but also against Trump in general. He, he's been leading Trump in just about every single poll you see. You cannot say the same with Bernie, although Bernie does lead in a great deal of polls. Uh, cannot say the same about Kamala Harris. Cannot say the same about Booker, Buttigieg. Castro, you name it. Warren? Yeah, Joe Biden definitely has that built-in advantage to him because people will see him and vote for him. Even some Republicans who are uncertain about Trump might vote for Joe Biden. It makes no sense why they would do that because they're Republican, but that's just the way it works. And um, he has a huge polling edge, and I don't expect that to um, drop unless we're getting to the cons. He makes a big gaffe or a mistake which he has a history of doing. Uh, Griffin, you know about uh, Biden's uh, little little flubs yeah, and gaffes. Yeah, yeah. He, he's had multiple. Uh, probably the most notable was in 2006 when um, he said, quote, 
you can't walk into a Dunkin' Donuts or a Seven Eleven without a slight Indian accent. Yes, I saw that on Trevor Noah, and uh, yeah. he, they did a whole recap of all his gaffes, and that was yeah. a huge <laughs> pressing one. And not just like little speaking mistakes, not little lapses of judgment. Like Democrats are going to be pressing him about his treatment of Anita Hill in the Clarence Thomas he- hearings. This was um, for those who are unfamiliar with these. This was Bre- this was the Brett Kavanaugh equivalent uh, thirty or forty years ago when uh, Anita Hill accused Clarence Thomas of workplace sexual harassment. And um, Joe Biden was incredibly unsympathetic to Anita Hill in those hearings, really disbelieving her and pressing her. And uh, if nowadays a Democrat did that, they would be shunned pretty much. So do you, do you see Democrats really pressing that? They could press that. They could press Biden's authoring of an unpopular crime bill in the 1990s. The support of a foreign policy bill um, wasn't good, yeah. Yeah, his vote for the Iraq War yeah. and um, support of the Patriot Act. He voted for the Patriot Act in 2001. Yeah, so Biden does have histories in his past, but those were when the Democratic Party was more deviated to the more deviated to the moderates. And um, you know, when Biden was in office, there were World War One veterans in Senate, so he's been around for a while. And uh, just simply that could be his that could be his greatest thing. Do you think experience is why he wins? Why would he win this primary? Um, it's definitely his foreign policy, his sort of he's he's a likable candidate generally when he's on camera. He can be likable a lot, um, and more down to earth than some of the other candidates who yeah. may sound like they're just reading a bunch of scripts. I mean Biden goes on Amtrak, you know, he uses like regular dialects and languages i mean like he's a he's kind of a he's uh this feels weird an average joe even though he's been in politics all life so yep so you know that could be that could be good for him but uh could you make a case for make the case for why joe biden doesn't win this primary age definitely is age now he is 76 as of now uh when he becomes president he'll be 78 now Although there are plenty of old people who are leading countries around the world and it's been like that through history, you don't have to consider that John McCain died at the age of 82. At some point, if Biden serves a full four-year term, he'll be 82 by the end of it. Well, isn't the deal that he'd uh, hand off hand off the second term to his vice president, which uh, seems to be Stacey Abrams? I don't know why they're already thinking uh, about that. but uh... Actually, Stacey, Stacey Abrams said that she didn't want to be uh, Biden's VP pick. Yeah. Wasn't that a campaign manager? I don't know. But... Uh, well, the reason why she said it is because Biden didn't endorse her in yeah, 2018. Yeah, that's true. And, um, yeah, so... Joe Biden, I think I can make a different case for why Joe Biden won't win this primary. I, just, I think that the large influx of uh, minority voters and young voters in the debates, they won't be inherently attracted to a 80-year-old man who's been in politics for 40 years. I think there will be more attracted to Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris. And that's why I think that the younger wing of the Democratic Party is the one that will prevail in the end, because... You know, when we started 2016, we all were we all thought that Jeb Bush would win the Republican primary because he's the experienced old guy who has been in politics. But it was anything but. You know, anything could happen in the debates. Anything can shake it up. And I just don't think that six months time we're going to see Joe Biden with a, with a still 40 percent lead on the polls. Yeah, I mean, you could have flavor of the month candidate. Yeah, I mean, this pri- primary is basically just a massive jungle essentially. It's crazy, and Joe Biden's trying to make some stability, but 
let's see how he does. So after Joe Biden, that was a good conversation on him. But after him, we go to the only Latino candidate running this uh, primary. He's an exciting candidate. Uh, tell us about Julian Castro. Julian Castro. He is the mayor of the city of San Antonio, Texas, which is basically the gateway to Southern Texas and the uh, Latino majority areas in South Texas. He also was uh, appointed to serve as Barack Obama's Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. However, he, after Obama's presidency ended, he sort of took some time away from politics. He didn't run for Senate in 2018. Instead, Beto did. Um, and then suddenly in late 2018, he announced an exploratory committee to run for president, later announcing in January becoming one of the first candidates in the race and appealing to an ever-growing minority group in the United States, the Hispanic population. And yeah, I think that um, the size of the field of the Democratic Party, which is 20 and counting pretty much, uh, isn't going to do Castro any favors because he can stand out in a small crowd, but in a big crowd, I think he uh, blends in a bit. But I think that overall Castro uh, has the ability, if he makes noise in the debates, to um, cause some hype. But he's not coming anywhere close to that right now. He's polling less than 1% in the CNN poll released today. He's um, not getting any traction. You know, when he announced, he was one of the first people to announce that people people were excited about him, people liked him. He drew a big crowd on his announcement. But um, he's kind of faded away after all these candidates have announced. Maybe he announced too early. Maybe he didn't get the right... Um, the right, uh, right atmosphere, but uh, to, can Castro regain some of that hype? I think this would all be based into the debates. It, this is he's doing pretty poorly in polling, even in his home state of Texas, terribly in polling behind many, like behind not only Beto, of course, but Biden, Buttigieg, Bernie, and Kamala. And, uh, Harris as well. Maybe I think Warren too. Yeah, and if you don't win your home state in a primary, then I think you're toast. The only reason that John Kasich went on the run he did in 2016 was that he uh, won his home state of Ohio. So if he does, not that he's expected to win Texas because he's a minor candidate, and that's what I think the bar needs to be drawn at. Julian Castro. He has many pros. He has a great view on immigration, of course. He has a great view on gun control and all the important issues, but um. And he's experienced too, so there's many pros for him, but I just don't think that maybe he can make himself heard in these debates. Um, are there any cons for voting for Castro? I don't, nothing pops out at me, but what do you think? Uh, well, for, for your average Democrat, he'd also seem a little bit generic. I mean, he's yeah. sort of in the progressive wing, like somewhat progressive, like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, but um, aside from his uh, emphasis on immigration. There isn't really that, and um, him appealing to the Hispanic uh, minority. There isn't really that much that stands out. Him as a I'm looking at his uh after fixing my computer a couple seconds ago. I'm looking at I'm looking at his positions on Wikipedia, and we talked about Kamala Harris not being particularly inventive when it comes to her uh, uh issue positions, but uh, Julian Castro is literally the generic default for every Democrat. Every single issue it's just no elaboration it's just you know he supports this he supports this he's against that and it's um when you blend in like that you're not doing yourself any favors so yeah 
can he win this? I mean, we have to make a case for everyone to win this. And I think he has a case. So what's, what is the case, you think? Somehow, by some miracle, he's got to really appeal to this fans voters. Texas, New Mexico, uh, Arizona, California, Nevada, Colorado. Um, those states in the Southwest, these are going to be his baselines. He could probably, his best bet is to force a brokered convention in which no candidate has a majority and trying to finesse his way to the That's very likely that broke the convention convention would but yeah. yeah. But it's tough. That hasn't happened for a while. And also one thing that uh big con about Castro is he's never led a state. He he was mayor of the city of San Antonio, which to be fair is a big city. Yeah. But also he was secretary of housing and urban development. Um essentially just a an advisor to President Obama mm-hmm. uh, on the matters of housing and urban development. However, he, he never led a state in the Senate or, um, yeah, he never yeah. represented the state in the Senate. He never be, uh, represented his state as governor. Uh, well, most candidates haven't, but... Well, a lot of people have uh, represented their state in some way, and Castro Castro's experience, but it's not finessed in that way. And I think that's just why uh, he's not going to win this nomination. Here's my case for why he's not. He is going to blend in as the Democratic Mike Huckabee, if you get what I mean, if you get my reference here. I mean, yep. you know, he's a candidate, just like Mike Huckabee was to the Republicans, who agreed with the agenda. He, he, said, he said what he needed to say in that party, but, you know, he's not going to stand out unless he somehow triggers um some way of uh some way of triggering the barack obama effect i guess as trevor noah was talking about where castro has kind of that same charisma but we're just not sure how that's going to stand out because um there are 15 other candidates who we're more focused on we're more serious about and i just don't think that i like julian castro he has a future in the democratic party he should totally this if he, if he loses this primary which i'm pretty sure he will that should not be a career ender whatsoever for him but is this election too early too crowded for him yeah i'd say so so any last thoughts on castro before we move on castro is having a big struggle getting endorsements out of the state of texas he's gotten a few his twin brothers joaquin castro um got um, Colin Allred from the Texas suburbs of uh, Dallas. People like Colin Allred. He's a big yeah. player in that uh, state. Colin, yeah. Colin Allred's the new face as well um, as uh, there's one from South Texas, uh, Vicente Gonzalez. Uh, yeah. Represents- Are you on the same uh, page I am on 538 right now? Um, I'm actually not on 538, <laughs> but I am aware. I do remember that Vicente Gonzalez endorsed him and I uh, Gonzalez is a congressman from South Texas. Yeah. Now, yeah, South Texas Democrats, they're very unique. 538 has a page that's um, the Democratic endorsement primary. And it's, uh, yep. yeah, have you seen that? It's really good. Yep. And I, um, yeah, just tracking all the endorsements. Uh, Cory Booker was winning until Joe Biden announced. And Joe Biden's just swept the whole thing, it looks like now. But, um, yeah, I guess endorsements my dad always is fond of saying that endorsements count for nothing really unless it's a president or former vice president which uh walter mondale has endorsed amy klobuchar so that's kind of big (laughs) but um yeah interesting to see but let's see how castro does i mean someone to not not keep your eyes on so yeah 
moving on now to Cory Booker, um, who famously uh, has a lifetime of achievements, but his most famous accolade, his most famous achievement is that he once sat at a lunch table across from you. Uh, I, I guess you, you could say that. I mean, that's what he's running his campaign on, right? <laughs> but, uh, tell- I sat next so- to one of the moderators of Generation Elect, and I'm going to run for president in order to give them recognition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, about Cory Booker. Oh, yes. Cory Booker, mayor of the city of Newark, New Jersey, which is the largest city in New Jersey, later elected to the Senate in a special election off here in 2013, um, becoming the first African-American senator from the state of New Jersey. Uh, and then he won a full term. He was notably kind of a mainstream Obama, sort of Biden type of Democrat in his early years in the United States Senate, later becoming more and more progressive uh, during the Trump era. And now he's running for president. And lucky for him, he has the endorsement of every single member of Congress plus the governor yep. of New Jersey. He I mean, really, um, he's really racked up those endorsements. I don't know if he said something to those guys, but uh, they love him. Yeah, and that's something we've seen in the, back to the endorsements. I mean, we see people just from the home stage, just you know, giving them all up. And Cory Booker's gotten that push from New Jersey, so um, he definitely has that push. But uh, in an election where we thought he. I mean, a year ago when we first started thinking, like, who might run for president, Cory Booker was on everybody's top five shortlist. But this was before Beto O'Rourke was a thing. This was before Pete Buttigieg was a thing. This was before, um, this was before all these candidates really uh, came out. And you, you just think that Booker's been hurt by all the hype, the flavor of the month, as you like to say. Because, you know, he's never been, he's never been that. He's always, he's always been a solid figure and just... Just the fact that um, other people have come in, stolen some of his limelight, it's going to send him down. And he's not doing great in the polls, you know. He's doing as well as Klobuchar is. And that's not counting them out, but it's not really counting them in either. But where would you say, uh, what are some pros for a Democrat to vote for Cory Booker? Well, African-American, he'd become the second African-American president. And he... um... He also is very charismatic. He almost reminds me of Barack Obama with his uh, charisma. He's a, uh, he's, yeah, he's a really good yeah. speaker. Yeah, he's great. He's very articulate. He's also a leading member of the Senate uh, advocating for criminal justice reform, which is generally quite popular here in America, not just in New Jersey. And also, I mean... When you get every single member of Congress in your home state to endorse you, um, that's a Democrat, of yeah, course. Gonna work. So that's 11 Democrats in New Jersey, plus a senator, plus the governor. So, I mean, it, it, takes, it takes a lot of negotiating skills in order to get all of the Democrat, prominent Democrats in your home state to endorse you. It really does. That is quite an accomplishment. Yeah, and um, Cory Booker is a he's he's not a generic Democrat like uh, Julian Castro is. I mean, he's been involved in controversy. He doesn't have views that a hundred percent match um, the Democratic agenda. He's his his Wikipedia page is not just like here, 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 but he he supports the agenda. 
he probably has a bit um but he'd like to change you know he really supports ending the war on drugs which is um something that all democrats really do but he's big into that um wait don't you mean he opposes it i'm sorry ending the war on drugs he supports yeah. ending the war yeah, yeah ending the war on drugs and um he uh, supports a cap and trade taxation to combat climate change which is kind of a new idea being floated around and uh he's uh He's in favor of that, as well as increased funding for education. So he's um he's making his voice heard with his positions. But um, there's controversy when it comes to Cory Booker. Cory Booker uh, admitted to groping one of his friends in college. I'm not sure he just admitted that out of the blue, which um, that was during the Kavanaugh saga. So that was um it's probably better for him to admit it out of the blue than it it becoming a it becoming an accusation for him in the campaign. I admire your honesty. Yeah, and um, let's see how that turns out. If any candidates will go after him for that, he says as a teenager he uh, quote hated uh, hated homosexuals, which I'm Ooh. not sure why. Also, he's admitting that. I guess uh, his strategy is just to um, throw out everything bad about him, and nothing's really coming back to him right now. I mean, these facts are not mainstream when it comes to him, but um, he's a uh, he's single. He's dating a famous actress, Rosario Dawson. Um, but Cory Booker, he's yeah, he's a he's a good guy. He's um not as intelligent. He's intelligent, but he's not as intelligent as some of the other candidates in the field, you know. But um, mm-hmm. you know, he's a he's a solid candidate. Do you think he stands out in this race, though? Not too much. We talked about him before, and I think there was a consensus. It's still the consensus here. But um, can you make a case for why Cory Booker has a chance at this? Well, he does represent one of the larger states with a strong base of Democrats, New Jersey, and also that could have a bit of like coattail effects over in New York City, which is very close to where he's from, Newark. Uh, also could swing on over into Pennsylvania. African-Americans... Um, are also going to turn out for him heavily. He's uh, very popular with that demographic in particular. He, um, besides from that, he's, I mean, relatively generic. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's another candidate who's just fighting for that, um, that agenda, that Democrat. Yeah. He's, he's paying the price for that because he's not anywhere close to the top of the polls. He's not going to win this nomination. And a concern, and, Although he was a star in the in the Kavanaugh um, the Kavanaugh hearings where he really made a name for himself, a worry for him is that 2020 is an election year for Cory Booker, which is not a problem for other people like Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren because they've already uh, screwed past that. You know their election years are longer. But if Cory Booker can't go too far in this, he's got to have realistic goals for himself because if he goes too far, then he throws off his whole re-election campaign and pretend potentially jeopardizing the whole thing. So how does that strategy play in? Could he be like the first to drop out because of this or? I feel like if he does poorly in the debates or does poorly in an early caucus or primary state like Iowa or New Hampshire, he's probably just going to jump out right then and there. Yeah. If he does do well in polling the debates, wins either the Iowa caucus or New Hampshire primary, which would be quite difficult. He'll probably stay in the race longer, even if it does mean risking uh, losing his Senate seat. However... I don't really feel like Cory Booker would generally be able to appeal to 
a rural white farmer from the state of Iowa. And he wouldn't be able to appear to a moderate Democrat who doesn't want change. And he wouldn't really be able to appear, appear to a progressive Democrat who wants a big shakeup. So I'm not sure where his target audience is. I'm not sure how he's going to get that. Yeah. But um, as we're saying, for any, every candidate who we're doubting, anything can happen in the debates. He's a really charismatic, um, good speaker. And, you know, de- for some some Democrats, uh, those debates... Uh, those debates mean a lot for them. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on after Cory Booker. We'll probably definitely talk about it more on the pod. But um, next up is uh, Kristen Gillibrand. So Kristen Gillibrand is a New York State senator. I, um, she's been someone I kept an eye on. She ran for office, she ran for office as a, in, my, in our district right here, New York 20, uh, against uh, John Sweeney, um, who was a... That- Who's a friend of Actually, his grandparents, I think, and uh, she won. She won that race, uh, being a friend of Hillary Clinton. So Hillary Clinton was a big influence on her in her early political years. And uh, after that, uh, she was a conservative Democrat. She had very different views than what she has now on gun control and immigration. She's been open about that. She's apologized about that, which I do appreciate. And she's ran for Senate. She um, as Hillary Clinton's replacement after she after Hillary made the leap, and. Um, she uh, she's become a better senator over the years, you know, becoming more mainstream of the Democratic agenda, becoming um, a really solid person and a good advocate for the Democrats in the Senate. And uh, now this is her big step up. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, she held a campaign rally when she was running for Senate in a uh, summer of 2018. So like last year. And uh, we they were like we got to ask questions. And um, to her, it was a whole it was a town hall pretty much. And uh, my dad's raffle ticket got called, but he let me ask mine. So I asked about uh, education, and she gave me a very good response. It was um, it was it was a, it was a good response. It was a bit generic because she was just like, "We got to flip the house." That was the message she was pressing all night. But um, she she's a good speaker, and uh, this is her uh, run for president. So anything to add about her? What what are some pros for Democrats voting for? Her? Well, I mean, she does represent the the great state of New York, our home state. The Empire State, best state in the nation. Ha ha. Um, and we, uh, she also is trying to put um, a bunch of women's issues like uh, abortion really on the top of the spectrum. That's what she's really focused yeah, on. Yeah, and uh, if you look at her donors, um, she's the only one who has a majority women's donors. Ooh. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, but go on. Um, however, one thing is about her past. She was elected in 2006 in what is actually now FASO's district, not ours. It is no FASO. Um, FASO lost to Delgado. It's Delgado's district right now. Or, I it, it didn't really encompass the uh, district that we're from, the one including Albany. It actually encompassed a lot of rural. It was like areas. Rhinebeck, most Hudson. Apparently, uh, according to our podcast was, analytics, 52 yeah. percent of people who listen to this podcast are in our area. So, um, oh. we can talk about this as much as we want. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, not Antonio Delgado won that district. But uh, yeah, Kamala has a history in this area. I mean, sorry, Kristen has Kristen Gillibrand has a history in this area. But something to keep in mind is that Kristen Gillibrand does not have sixty-five thousand donors yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang already have that. Mm-hmm. Now she does at least decently in polling enough to possibly get into into the debates. However, polling numbers are uh, pretty pretty bad they aren't great for her and um 
she was the person I supported at the beginning of this primary, and uh, I pivoted a bit at Buddha Judge and uh, Kamala Harris. But she's one of my favorite candidates because I really do agree with what she stands for being a being a progressive, but not ultra ultra progressive. Just you know, wanting to do wanting to make a change, and I believe that she's genuine, and I know that she's right. But I just I really unfortunately just can't see a way how she wins this primary because she's running on a generic message. She doesn't have a characteristic that stands out for her. I mean, when you look at, I mean, you know, this is the year of the woman in the presidential race and, um, but she's behind Amy Klobuchar and uh, Kamala Harris and even Tulsi Gabbard in some polls, which is not good for her. So I really like her a lot, but I just can't see why, um, how she wins this i mean i really hope that she can find a solution that'll vulture up the polls but just tell me why why this is pretty hopeless for her well i mean her she isn't really bringing that much new to the table and she also of course had her much more conservative past now um when she joined the senate after being appointed um by uh democratic governor she Actually, um, once she joined the Senate, she actually had an A-plus rating from the NRA. That's true. By the end of 2009, dropped to an F. And uh, my friend uh, at this town hall we went to last year, I went with my friend uh, who might appear on the podcast very soon. And um, he's a he's a moderate Democrat and uh, not 100% in agreement with Kirsten Gillibrand. Everyone gave Gillibrand questions that uh, wouldn't really challenge her, you know, questions that she knew the answers to, but her, but Jack, my friend Jack's question was like, you are the only candidate up here with a, with, who had an A rating from the NRA, how can you respond to that? So it was, um, that's a point that many people will grasp at her as my friend tried to do that night. Luckily he couldn't get a question because his raffle number wasn't called, but um, it was, uh, yeah. So she has a conservative past. Let's see if she can completely make up for that. But, uh, I personally like her a lot. I know a lot of other people uh, think she, think she's a, she's a solid candidate, but compared to the likes of Buttigieg, Sanders, Harris, Warren, Biden, O'Rourke, she's behind them all and behind some more. So, yeah. yeah. So um, it's going to be an interesting primary overall. We have part three coming for you guys next uh, next week. Probably we'll find the time to get it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, five more candidates in there. Uh, I've been debating. Should we do Stacey Abrams in there? Mm, I don't really. We don't I know mean, she's, she's not run. running for Senate, but I don't think that necessarily means she could run for president. She could run for um, John Lewis's house seat because he's old. He's not going to give it up old. anytime soon. He's a he's a veteran. Yeah, but also he did have serious health problems. Yeah, yeah. I- like the past year. He's a legend of the he's a legend of the Democratic Party. The legend of the civil rights. Oh my goodness, he was great. Georgia Democrats, but just old. So it's been a while since um I used to, I used to have a, trend, a tradition. I kind of stopped doing it the last couple episodes where I recommend a media thing like a book or a podcast or a, or a movie. And uh, th- today I want to recommend um a book by a uh, it's a memoir by a journalist who chronicled Hillary Clinton's 2016 run. It's called Chasing Hillary. It's very good. And it's um, it's uh, really insightful whether you agree with Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton or not. It's really uh, it's it's more of a memoir. It's pretty funny at times. And um, yeah, that's my media recommendation. So uh, yeah, great podcast. If you guys have any questions, send them in to at Generation Elect on Instagram. Uh, please review or rate us. Uh, just a little tap the stars, um, hit subscribe. It helps people find us, you know. And uh, we thank you for your support. Um, Uh, Thanks for listening again. Have a